2: You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks, we've packed a lot of stuff in there. We got into Tucker and the mRNA breast milk transfer. We touched on the vaccines causing uh, menstrual cycle irregularities. We touched on Elon Musk killing those poor little monkeys with the brain hacking experiments funded by the government. We got into Elon Musk's artificial intelligence conference, his Tony Stark, his Tony Stark uh, brand that he has there. And so now we're going to jump back into this Left of Boom podcast featuring doctors Peter Emanuel and Diane Duilius. And so I backed it up about 30 seconds from where we ended last time. And we're going to pick it up there. And uh, we're going to analyze this for you and get through this so that we can get over to the second podcast in this series, which is very important because it's two more doctors who supposedly are managing the ethics of the cyborg soldier programs uh, for the government. And so you guys know, the stuff I just did in the first hour, that's the type of stuff I'm going to cover in the morning show. And so over the next week, I'm actually putting a set together across the way here uh, where I could do guests it's got a couple of old chairs and a table with a lamp and so I'm working on that because I think I'm gonna do the morning show from that side of the room change it up a bit and so it'll be like my little uh, my little antique lounge folks where I sit there and drink some tea in the morning maybe I won't even uh, I'll shoot it before I take a shower maybe my hair will be messed up and I'll be in a bathrobe who knows? Who knows we'll do something funny, something different all right folks uh, let's uh, pick this right up here
0: in combat for a long time now, and we've had to do a lot with musculoskeletal repairs right of of wounded folks and um, so this really stems out of a really, really rich body of research on um, connecting the musculoskeletal system to exoskeletal elements and things like that. So it goes everything from you know prosthetics that we want to try and um, connect to the brain um, throughout all of that. So, so really this is coming from a lot of trauma medicine and expanding into this particular um, vignette.
2: Okay, let's, let's pause that for a second, folks. We talked about that briefly. But uh, I just want to expand that for you. So what she's saying, uh, that's Dr. Diane DeUlius. Uh, and for those of you who don't remember, she's you know career, career bureaucrat. Um, what she's talking about is really sick and disgusting. And what she admits to there, it's very important, is that the people that we bring home uh, from the theater of war... Who have unfortunately and sadly been um, injured, uh, have lost limbs and such. They develop all these programs, as I told you, and they sell them to the public uh, because they tug at your heartstrings and they play to the human emotion. And so they bring someone back who they put in harm's way, who maybe lost their legs, and then they launch an entire program to develop prosthetic legs that can plug into that person's brain that they can control uh, using their brain as if they're real legs. And so what she's admitting to right there is that they are doing all these experiments on these people. And then they admitted to earlier, if you remember, when they were talking about the ocular enhancements to imaging sight and situational awareness, that was basically giving soldiers the ability to see like a like an eagle, was that they said if they have a blind person, that person's going to be more willing to lend their body uh, to be experimented on. They'll be more likely to let you implant Hawkeyes in them versus someone who, let's say, is not damaged in any way. And so now she's saying they have all of these trauma cases where they've tested the technology that now they want to use to augment normal humans. So instead of an enhancement, which they refer to as fixing something that broke, so you lost your limbs, now they restore your limbs with prosthetics and bring them up to basically the same capability of your your original real legs that you lost Well, when they augment them, they're gonna make them more powerful. So they're gonna turn your legs into super legs. And so sadly, it makes me believe more and more when I hear these people talk about this, is that possibly one of the goals is to injure people so that they can then experiment on them. So they get someone who volunteers as a human guinea pig And then at the same time, they can do a CNBC piece or a Fox piece on some soldier who got bionic legs, and the majority of people say, wow, this is okay, because... You know, we're, we're, we're fixing somebody, we're helping somebody. And so that general I mentioned at the beginning of the show who did that um, podcast with the two-minute clip I told you about that made its rounds on Twitter was saying, oh, it's okay when we're putting prosthetic legs on these soldiers, but it's the fact that these guys want to merge humans with machine that's the really bad stuff. But the point that I make here is that There's always this slippery slope, and I don't believe they are unintended consequences. I believe everything is intended. So they load up the money to build prosthetic legs. The intention was never to enhance the person whose legs were taken off and give him his legs back. The intention was that he was being used as a guinea pig to develop what would be the augmented super legs. All right, I hope you understand that. I don't want to sound callous and cruel. Like I've said before, I'm not judging you. If you have or anyone you know has ever had to use this type of technology to uh, fix themselves, it's out there, it's available. If you used it, that's fine. I'm just trying to make people aware that these guys are not doing this out of the goodness of their heart. They're not doing it to fix these soldiers. These soldiers are guinea pigs uh, for these experiments so that these guys can build cyborg soldiers, which also probably is just another uh, front for the development of this technology that will be used for other, even more nefarious purposes, like creating some kind of super beings, or maybe these guys want to give themselves not only immortality, but immortality coupled with, you know, a cyborg body. I mean, that's what transhumanism is, the merger of man and machine. All right, let's continue.
0: One thing I like about this one as well is that I think the ability to perform physically um, as is sort of proposed throughout this one, but then in an enhanced way, is a very fundamental need of warfighters. And so in that way, I see this one, and Peter, you can you can say what you think about this, but I see this one as, as sort of less... Should I do it or should I not do it um, from that perspective? Like when we talked about the invasiveness of doing an, an, um, an ocular enhancement to the eye, um, I see this one as a little more of I'd be willing to put on a suit and take this enhancement and then, you know, take off the suit or, how, you know, however that's going to um, develop. So I saw this one as more of a fundamental basic thing that a warfighter would, would like to have.
2: Okay, and I have the document up on the screen. This is the uh, government document that these two uh, co-authored along with some other people, including Dr. James Giordano, who we're going to get into eventually. But uh, what they're talking about now is the restoration and program muscular control through an optogenic bodysuit sensor web, okay, just so you know what she's talking about.
0: Um, To be able to better perform physically and then be connected um in that
1: way. Yeah, so let me add a little bit to Diane's comments. I agree with everything she just said.
2: Okay, now we're going to just pause this for a second cuz I just i like to tie things together for you. So, either a suit like this, basically an Iron Man exoskeleton suit, is either going to have to be controlled via an implantable chip like the Neuralink brain chip. Hopefully what happened to the monkeys doesn't happen to the human uh trials. But, uh, or the other way is what um, Charles Morgan III talked about in his lecture to the West Point Military Academy cadets and faculty, which is the transcranial electronic stimulation helmet, or as we saw, DARPA is developing under the name N cubed, which is a helmet that reads your brain and doesn't actually have to be implanted inside of your head all right i just want to tie that together because we've talked about so much technology here and i need to sometimes bring this together and tie it together so you understand all these different programs are going on in all these different places but at the end of the day it all comes from the state and as you can see right now doctors peter emmanuel and diane doulias on behalf of the u.s army the department of defense uh were running a study on all of this stuff that we see coming into play from various departments and various so-called private industry and universities. All right, let's continue.
1: So looking at this one, don't get so caught up in whether it's on how the bodysuit works. This one's actually happening right now. Uh, exactly. DV, as Diane mentioned, has a lot of injured people. And so there's a there's DARPA programs right now. And so uh, what they've been able to do is to take somebody who's lost their limb, give them a prosthetic arm. And allow them to actually control with their mind how to, uh, to operate that. And they um, they can pick up objects and they can um, actually even be across the street and, and, and be linked in by
2: Bluetooth and control this arm. Okay, pause that for a second. I just want to make that point real quick. Uh, they just admitted to it. So now it's not just the DARPA information I read off the government's website to you, articles I've reviewed for you. Now you have... Two doctors who authored a paper for the U.S. Army, uh, in effect the Department of Defense, who just admitted to the fact that DARPA is already uh, working with soldiers who can control prosthetic limbs with their mind and can even, through Bluetooth, control a robotic arm or something like that across the street. Now, that was also verified via Dr. Charles Morgan III, who is former uh, CIA and intelligence officer, who works under government grants now for the United States out of University of New Haven and Yale University, also developing this, also working on this stuff, who also admitted to the West Point Military Academy cadets and faculty that DARPA had in fact been working on this technology. And that's why we jumped over to DARPA the other day. But as you can see, folks, the point is this is all merger of man and machine. This is the point in which you're starting to see singularity, as Ray Kurzweil says, come to fruition. Singularity, as Peter Thiel was funding going back to 2006. All right? Singularity. When man merges with machine, And so we're in the middle of it. You're seeing it actually happen, all right? So if they put a brain chip inside your head and you're interfacing with an AI hive mind or with the internet, you're already merged with machine, right? Now you go and have a prosthetic limb that moves being controlled from your brain via a neural link chip or a transcranial electronic stimulation N cubed helmet, you are merged with machine. And I told you, That these people are able to propagandize others into this by saying the fact that you carried your phone around with you was already merging you with machine or the fact that you wear earphones uh, or a VR headset merged you with machine. No, it hadn't because it actually hadn't become invasive. But now when you start doing surgical procedures to enhance your hearing or your eyes or your Um, you know, limbs now that is truly the merger of man and machine. Now, we can argue whether or not an enhancement would be considered transhumanism that would be losing your leg and replacing it with a leg that does the same thing as your old leg, or augmentation, which would be giving you a super leg. You know, if one of those is more ethical than the other but the issue is that it always leads to the same place which is this transhumanism building of frankenstein monsters and marvel superhero characters ladies and gentlemen we'll be right back i am dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv/slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to pain.tv/slash gold. I am Dustin Gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is quite important, as you can see. I mean, truly understanding what the state is doing, what they are after, what they are researching, what they are developing and what their goals are is very important to you and to me, because this is the stuff we are up against. You know, these are the things that our children and grandchildren will grow up with, folks. We are in it now. We are seeing it in action. All right, let's continue where we uh, left off. From
1: afar. And so now, obviously, the DARPA programs, they're, they're, they're far cry from being able to have somebody in a in a Marvel superhero daredevil costume flipping around and running at high speed and performing these things. But um we're at the, at the very earliest stages and it's the natural evolution of technology. And so what this, what our group needs to do, um, is, is
2: okay. So he said they're at the very early stages of building the Marvel superheroes. And he said, this is the natural evolution of technology. Well, it's the natural evolution of technology when the government, when the state, when it, the, the, the state actors like these guys are building it, I guess it would be the natural evolution. Um, I wish we'd call for an international ban on all of this. I wish there was a way that you and I could go live uh, full Amish together in some community and say, hey, we opt out. But unfortunately, that's not the case. It's all around us. All right, let's continue.
1: Actually, think beyond where we are now where the trends are going and what technology is going to do in 10 20 and 30 years and so you know this is where we are today and ultimately we, we can envision a, a way that you would you would put on a body suit and be able to restore whole or partial function to various parts of the body and the natural evolution is is that as you uh, increase the communication between man and machine you can create much more subtle movements and ultimately you could create programs that would uh, make the human body not really even need to know things. So you could put that on, and 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 in the year 2050, and p- plug in a program like you're on a holodeck, and be like, I want to do a, a you know a, a, a ballet routine, and you've never done a day of ballet or a, a gymnastic routine. I want to do a backflip, and if your body is in the right receptive to it, you punch the button and you do a backflip, and so. Um, the possibilities there for being able to train people to do very complex tasks are really amazing. You can restore functionality to be able to allow somebody who is a paraplegic to be able to potentially walk across the room and cook mm-hmm. dinner.
2: So, Okay, okay, so he throws in that last part that uh, you can have a paraplegic walk across the room and cook dinner, and you know why he does that, because he just said some really crazy stuff about a guy in a suit who can upload a program and then the exoskeleton does ballet and then he brought it back to uh reality because he was like oh hold on a second we need to talk about paraplegics and how they could cook dinner for their wife and so you see what's going on, folks, but you're picking up a lot here, a lot of intel, because this guy, Dr. Peter Emanuel, like Dr. Charles Morgan and the rest of them, they love to brag about the stuff they're working on behind the scenes. So they are building Marvel superhero characters. They've said that. They're at their early stages. That is where they're going with this. Now, eventually, I'm going to get in a little heavier into the tech stuff that's actually in the report itself. But this is a good uh, broad stroke to listen to it in this podcast form, this discussion first, okay? Because they're talking to sort of laymen while they're giving this discussion. But we'll get into more of the tech in a little while. Let's continue.
1: Oh, yeah, it's possible because we're now seeing that we're able to communicate between the brain and the and the human flesh. And so as we go from a a diode based TI eighty six Texas Instruments calculator to my iPhone. You know, that happened in such a short period of time. And so remember that comment you made at the beginning, Hope, which is how is it possible that you're talking only 30 years in the future? Right. And the and the reality is, is that the iPhone wasn't even introduced until the late 2000s. I think it was 2008. And so that's such a short period of time. You know, it's something.
2: I- Okay, let's pause there for a second. So at first they're talking about, as I said to you, the uh, restoration and program muscular control through an optogenic bodysuit sensor web. And then he floats into what's going to happen when the brain can more quickly interface back and forth with the computer that is running the machine and so that gets into the direct neural enhancement of the human brain for two-way data transfer all right and they talked a little bit about that before with the ability to basically pull from all of these sort of sensory um targets you know, into the brain and then be able to flip through them inside your head, similar to looking at apps on your iPhone. And I'm just going to read you something out of the document, Cyborg Soldier 2050, so you have an understanding of what these guys are discussing, what uh, Emmanuel and Deulius are discussing here with Hope Hodge-Sec on Left of Boom. So right after you go through the four vignettes, okay, and that was ocular, That was the bodysuit, that was auditory, and that was the uh, brain enhancement for the two-way data transfer. And those were the four vignettes that um, they ended up focusing on in this paper. But it says here, although each of these technologies, talking about those four, will offer the potential to incrementally enhance performance beyond the normal human baseline, So that's like above our average. That's where they would call that augmentation. The BHPC study group, Analysis suggested that the development of direct neural enhancements of the human brain for two-way data transfer would create a revolutionary advancement in future military capabilities. And again, this is through some sort of a brain chip or the transcranial electronic stimulation device, or as DARPA calls it, N-cubed is the program. goes on to say, this technology is predicted to facilitate read-write capability between humans and machines, and between humans through brain-to-brain interactions. As I told you, there would be like an upload, inload, input, output, so it's two-way transfer. And then it can read the data coming in, and then it can also write data. It says, these interactions would allow warfighters direct communication with unmanned and autonomous systems. All right, that's drones, that's killer robots and such. As well as with other humans to optimize command and control systems and operations. So they're able to use the brain interface to talk to each other inside of their brains. You know, Elon Musk got into some of this on Joe Rogan Experience. Goes on to say the potential for direct data exchange between human neural networks and microelectronic systems could revolutionize tactical warfighter communications speed the transfer of knowledge throughout the chain of command and ultimately dispel the fog of war direct neural enhancement of the human brain through neurosilica interfaces could improve target acquisition and engagement and accelerate defense uh, defensive and offensive systems you see that that's one paragraph in this 42 page document so in this podcast they're kind of brushing over these topics but i wanted to show you what's actually written in here they actually researched this this is what they're focused on all right let's continue with the podcast
0: i actually do hear this batted around in the military a little bit because you've got things like long-standing efforts to reduce uh, the combat load of the warfighter so that you're not breaking down their bodies and you've got Things like physical fitness standards, which are always a hot topic of discussion among my audience. Um, and then you've got folks saying, well, we're going to have these exosuits that are going to do jumps and flips and anything we want them to do. So is this the, the horse and wagon? Does this whole line of effort have a shelf life here? And it's, it's a really interesting conversation.
2: And I, let me just throw this out there. I mentioned this before. But if they have the ability, folks... Okay, to put a brain chip inside someone's head or strap a transcranial electronic stimulation n cubed helmet to your head. Read your mind to operate an exoskeleton Marvel superhero Iron Man costume that you're wearing or to be able to send data back and forth from my head to your head. If they have the ability to do all of this, to create robotic arms for me, and everything else do they have the ability to negotiate peace <laughs> with everyone around the world i mean like if they could do all this why can't they uh snap their fingers and have peace where you wouldn't have to have war and ha- wouldn't have to develop all these weapons of war and uh, modify human beings biolog- uh, biologically With gene editing and splicing and super vaccines and anti-fear pills and everything else they're doing. Number one. Number two, if they could build all these autonomous killer AI robots, what the hell? Do they even need humans involved anymore? And if everyone is going to be using robots like they say, right? Like uh, Russia's going to, and China's going to, and we're going to, and North Korea's going to, and everyone's going to have killer autonomous robots. And then a couple in there are the fact that we have all these rules of engagement they talk about where we're not even supposed to be targeting civilians. So technically, China isn't supposed to send the killer robot over here to walk around the streets of New York like Godzilla and stomp on people and kill them. So if none of this technically is going to happen... And the elites are really just putting their soldiers up against other soldiers, and that's what the war is about. And civilians won't be involved. What the hell do we even need any of us to join the military? Why don't these stupid idiots take their robots and put them up on Mars or, like, put them out into Antarctica where no one is and they could just fight each other? until the last robot is standing, and then that's who won the war. I mean, we could strap up Amazon ring cameras everywhere, live stream this, it'd be like the TV show Robot Wars, I think it was called. And so everyone can sit there with popcorn. it will be like the Olympics of the scientists and engineers' coolest robots, and then whoever wins gets to take over the oil pipeline, or gets to take the lithium... Or gets to, uh, you know, rape and pillage the other person's country. I mean, isn't that what it's all about? Isn't that what war is, folks, at the end of the day? It's about taking the natural resources from the loser, So what do they need to take me for, put a brain chip in my head, jack me up with gene editing and DNA splicing, turn me into a real-life Incredible Hulk, put an exoskeleton on me, and then load a program in my head so I could do the ballet right before they load Kung Fu in me, and I could chop up a bunch of other guys in robot suits. Why don't they just have their robots fight each other and leave us all alone? Because that's not the goal, folks, because they're, they're lying. They're full of it. The goal is the engineering of humanity out of existence, and they're going to replace us whatever, with whatever the hell it is they're actually engineering. It never ends because the scientists want to know about everything, and the engineers want to fix everything. And so these guys aren't going to stop. So, frankly, if you wanted this to stop, you'd have to defund all the scientists and engineers. I'm sorry, fellas. I know that they told everyone to go to school for engineering and for science. But, frankly, at the end of the day, you are the problem. Uh, If there's a scientist or engineer who wants to come on and debate me, I would love that. But, right now, you have too many of these doctors running around wanting to uh, build this freakish Frankenstein technology and merge man with machine. And I don't see a lot of other scientists and engineers speaking out against this. The doctors who spoke out against, say, the vaccine, I see them at the end of the day supporting other DNA-modifying technology. So just think about that, folks. Think about that while we go to a quick break. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold you listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.TV. Join the discussion at Pain.tv slash Gold.